Before we begin today, I want to say briefly, in case some of you are wondering why this episode has taken so long, uh, I just want to apologize. My mom passed away in February. She had gotten cancer in April uh, of 2021, had recovered later that year, but there were some lasting sort of consequences to her health, and she wasn't ever 100% after that. And then in December, she got COVID and ended up going into the hospital in January and just never came out. And so I had to deal with that, you know, time and energy and and emotion that that needed to be devoted to that. And so I just kind of stopped working on the podcast. I'm sure you all understand, but I wanted to give clarity so you didn't just think I was being lazy or didn't want to do this anymore. So hopefully we'll be back on track. I've only got a couple more to finish. Then I'm going to decide if I need to do more of these or want to do more of these about other songs or other old, maybe older music. Some some of you have requested that I do uh, some of this format with my older music, and I'm thinking about that. So if you have thoughts on that or feedback or questions, you can always contact me, uh, ross at rosskingmusic.com, or you can make comments on the various places where you listen to the podcast. Anyway, let's get started. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Hey, this is Ross King, and you're listening to Unfinished, a limited series podcast where I take you song by song through the writing and recording process of my newest record, also called Unfinished. For me, the process of making a record is emotional and thrilling and exhausting and all kinds of other things, and I look forward to taking you inside and sharing with you some of the stories of the journey. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. I'd like to start today by reading three brief-ish Bible passages to set the stage for what we're going to talk about. First is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And then we do Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says this, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life, through his spirit who lives in you. And then finally, 2 Peter chapter 1, just as the beginning of the book, he's giving a little you know, encouragement and just a greeting. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All right, so in those three passages, what you've got is Paul and, and then Peter saying, Hey, what's in you is stronger than what's coming at you. You have a spirit of God in you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Uh, you're getting beat up, but it's not going to kill you. You're getting attacked, but you will not lose. And I don't think he's talking about physical, uh, material things here. He's talking about the sort of inner core of who we are being stronger. 
And Walk in the Valley, I wrote this song with Ben Backus and Mark Campbell, my, my producers. I, I had the idea for this song because I had already written Things That I'm Afraid Of, a song that spoke victoriously but extremely honestly about mental health struggles and fear. And then I had written Golden, a happy-sounding song that was about kind of not being able to find God and really hoping to find him, believing that I would find him or that he'd find me, but honestly saying, hey, am I being cursed? Has God forgotten about me? Stuff like that. And so I'd written these two songs that I'd really focused a lot on, hey, let's talk honestly about mental health and emotional health and these potentially debilitating, crippling illnesses, disorders, struggles, traumas that maybe aren't as talked about in the Christian spaces. And, you know, hopefully just creating some some safety for people to talk about those things. Nothing bad about that. But my fear was that I was going to become one of those people who just sort of identified myself as permanently mentally broken. Identified myself as someone who's permanently emotionally wounded. Someone who was never going to be able to break out of this. It's not that I think it's wrong to be someone who constantly, for all of your life, s- struggles. It's that I don't want to, that to become my identity. I don't want to be ruled by it and named by it. And so it was important for me to write a third song that said, yes, this is really hard. Life is really hard, and these kinds of things are really hard. But I was actually created to beat this stuff as a testimony to the power of God in people. That was the impetus, that that was the motivation for this. So for me, it was my own kind of accountability to say, yes, these things are extremely hard, and we would be remiss to not talk about them in the Christian artistic space, where they have not been talked about as much. But I would also be remiss not to point to not just the victory, but also the idea that I'm actually built for suffering. Suffering can't beat me. And and God actually set me up and built me up and fortified me in Christ to withstand suffering so that the world would see that suffering doesn't win and that grief doesn't win and that trauma doesn't win and that death, even death, doesn't win. And that's what I wanted to write about. So, if you'll remember back to the Golden episode, and if you haven't listened to the Golden episode, you should. It's a good one. I talked about this idea of top-line writing, where a writer like me will write over uh, a track, a bit of produced instrumental music, oftentimes with an artist in a CCM or other genre, um, but it's different than me coming in and you know, having some chords on my guitar or something. Golden and Walk in the Valley were the two songs I did like this on the record. As a refresher, I just I had realized through my CCM and other songwriting with other people that I I wrote different kinds of melodies 
not necessarily better or worse, but different kinds of melodies came out of me whenever I was writing over production tracks versus when I just approached it with a guitar or piano. So I went to Ben and Mark, my good buddies, producers, and said, could you guys put together a couple of, you know, eight or 16 bar tracks and I'll come in with lyrics and melody and we'll try to see what we can do with it. And so we got together a few times. This was way back in like 2019, probably late 2019, early 2020. They had made some tracks for me, you know, and one was what became golden and one was this. I write a lot of lyrics and little lyrical song starts on the notes app in my phone. And typically they're just one or two lines, but for some reason I had written out and I thought it was it would be a CCM pitch for another artist, but I had written out these lyrics. I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm. There's a peace deep inside me that can outlast any war. I have faced the dark and the danger. They can't scare me anymore because I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm. And Ben had this piece of music that uh, I don't know if they'd done it together or Ben had started it or what, but... Um, I remember that day, Mark kind of showed me the track for what became golden. And then Ben kind of showed us the track for what became this song. So he just starts playing it. And uh, man, I immediately loved it. It was, here's what it sounded like. So I found those lyrics that, I mentioned what became the walk in the valley chorus and I just started singing them over this thing. And I remember we spent the three of us spent about an hour or two hours just kind of shaping that melody and just tweaking it to see, make the words fit exactly the way we wanted to. And then that day we went ahead and sang a ton of those background vocals that you hear on the track um, that are sort of choirish we we just stacked and stacked and stacked that. And so it was, it was interesting because we left that day with a full, almost fully produced chorus only. That's all we had. And I said, hey, just let me take it home and I'll, and I will, um, I'll work on it. And I worked on it for a full year uh, after that, um, before I got it. I was yeah, I don't know who out there needs to hear this, but I sometimes write lots of versions of a song before I get it right. And particularly with lyrics, but also with melody, I will rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. I mean, at the end of the process, sometimes there are dozens of choices that were reconsidered and redrafted and tweaked. And, you know, there all, there's all kinds of scraps of paper, so to speak, uh, in the garbage. Walk in the Valley was definitely that. You know, I've made no secret that I really like hip hop and that I've started to lean into some of the song structure of of hip hop forms, not because I want to be a rapper, but because in my own music, I just like a lot of lyrics and I like 
doing humor and doctrine and politics and philosophy and existential questions and all that stuff. That's what I want to do with lyrics. And for a variety of reasons, a hip hop structure of lyric creation and delivery makes that easier. There were at least two big versions of uh, verse one, and each of those versions had multiple tweaks. As I said earlier, I really wanted to find a balance between continuing to be vulnerable and confessional about my struggles while also not leaning too heavily into now I'm the guy who talks about depression. Now I'm the guy who's always talking about mental health. So that's a lot of stuff to try to work through and put into the song. And so it just took a lot of practice and a lot of drafts. And because you're listening to my podcast, I want to be vulnerable and show you some of that. Here is an early draft of verse one. I was wonderfully carefully made in my mother's warm fire. Forged like a sword to be sharpened by the hammer and the fire. So any trial, any trouble that I had to endure is a chance for you to prove that my life is secure and I'm steady. Whatever comes, I'm ready. And here's another one. I can make the mistake of believing that every hard time is a curse and keep running away in the difficult season. Like I'm too weak to weather the worst, but I know I was forged by the hammer and the fire of the Lord to be sturdy as a shield and as sharp as a sword. And he gave me something stronger than whatever's on a mission to break me. If you listen close, you know, to those two versions, you can hear little hints of the things I ended up using in the final version. But after, you know, a lot of writing and thinking and trying to be um, as true to the idea and as true to my experience as I could be, and as just true as I could be, uh, I settled on that, um, what it now is, which is the, maybe I should just say thank you to the difficult things I've been through. And that was a, you know, that's one of those lyrics that I, I want to be careful not to sound like, hey, isn't it fun that I went through something hard or, or I don't want to minimize or trivialize trauma at all. But I do want to say, I believe that part of the redemptive work of Jesus is that really, really hard things tend to solidify and strengthen and kind of galvanize us if they don't, if they don't ruin us. Maybe I should say thank you to all the difficulty I've ever been through Cause I know it's slowly driving me into a deeper grace When my pride is erased and replaced by a faith that is forged by the hammer and the fire of the Lord To be sturdy as a shield, as sharp as a sword And he gave me something stronger than whatever's on a mission to break me So yeah, that's how I got to that lyric about I guess I'm going to be a little bit grateful for these things that have pushed me deeper into the grace of Jesus That have pushed me deeper into needing God and finding out who I really am And I've talked about this enough, so I want to move on. But before I do, I just want to say a word to anybody out there trying to be creative, either as a hobby or as a job. It's very okay, or maybe even preferred, to have multiple drafts in your creative process. Whether you're drawing or painting or singing or writing or creating music or creating something visual, whatever it is, 
make mistakes, put in placeholders, try things out, do whole drafts of things that you know have some mistakes in them. Do whole versions of your artistic creations that you know aren't perfect yet. Just so you can get the feelings out, get the brush strokes, get the the muscle movements out that you need to get out so that you can get better at this. Throw all your thoughts out there, throw all your ideas out there, knowing that some of them are bad, and just keep working till you get it right. You're not gonna get it perfect, but it's okay to make garbagey versions of your stuff on the way to making something really good. In fact, I think it's helpful and it actually makes you better at this because you continue to find out all these little things about yourself through the process that will inform and fuel the final. That's just my personal opinion, but I'm just saying for those of you out there creating and worried about making mistakes, make the mistakes, make them a bunch of times, you'll get to the good thing, fight for it and allow yourself to mess up and have grace for yourself as you do it because all of that stuff feeds and informs the end. And let me just say one more thing. You don't fight for all this stuff because God needs you to be awesome at things. He doesn't. He's not impressed if you're more excellent. You fight for this stuff because it is extremely gratifying to get better at things. It's extremely fulfilling to create beauty. And I want that for you because it's become one of the most important and essential and life-giving parts of my existence is I get to make beautiful things and I fight for them, not just because I want to make beauty or because it's my job, but because it's actually part of how I get through the valley. It's actually part of how I resist the dark and the hurt and the trauma and the pain. I fight to make beauty as an act of protest to bring from the darkness and from the hurt and from the trauma, something beautiful and something bright and something glorious and something hopeful. I don't just do this because it's my job. I do it because sometimes it almost literally keeps me alive. It's a deliberate mindset. I gotta fight to find the light that's inside. When I'm in the valley where the sun never rises and I'll never survive this. If I focus on the darkness and how heavy the night is. Cause there's a power nothing ever defeats. I gotta fortify and identify a spirit in me. So when the whole world's shaking, I'm steady. Whatever comes, I'm ready. I was made to walk in the valley. So I want to talk briefly about this idea of deconstruction. This is a term that if you're keeping up with uh, any kind of Christian thought leaders or any kind of Christian influencers or pastors on social media, you're going to run into this term. And it's given people all kinds of varied feelings. The idea is that or I guess my sense of the idea is that people are looking at all the different ways that the church seems to be failing us or seems to be you know, struggling. You have everything from like the moral failings of pastors to uh, disappointment in certain church movements to looking into uh, church history and then you get into like political leftism versus Christian nationalism or the impacts of COVID on church involvement and church attendance. All these different things coming in, making us say, wait, what really is our faith? What is Christianity? What does it mean to follow Jesus? 
How is it tied to our politics? And how is it tied to the way we attend and structure church? How is it tied to the way we look at the scriptures? All those things. These are all important questions, and people are asking them. And uh, there's a lot of negativity around it, understandably, because there are people walking away from the faith, and that is dangerous and unfortunate and tragic and eternally consequential, potentially, right? And so I, I want to acknowledge there is a dark side to the deconstruction journey for some. But for me, I've been through a couple of different periods of deconstruction over like 15 years. And in hindsight, they were both really good for me because they exposed what was shaky and unreliable and maybe even unessential or, or even untrue about my faith. And instead, they they sharpened and honed, fortified the parts of my faith that really mattered. I often say, I used to believe a lot of things. Now I believe very few things. But what I believe, I believe a lot. I believe all the way. And that's what, you know, for me, the deconstruction thing did. It took away the stuff that was kind of unimportant, and it recentered the things that truly mattered. And this song really, you know, in addition to being an attempt to explain my identity is not in my mental health problems, it's not in my grief and my depression and my anxiety, my struggles, it is in Christ. I also wanted to say, when things come at us and challenge our faith, if our faith is truly as rock solid as we say, our faith will survive it because the Lord Jesus is stronger and more resilient and unshakable. None of those things coming against him and the truth can prevail. Those things will all come up short. That part of it, you know, is not me trying to defend deconstructionism, but to maybe say, as we're looking at that culturally, let's make sure that we frame it correctly. There are people trying, even maliciously, to tear down the truth of Jesus because they're angry, because maybe they have been so deeply disappointed that they feel uh, almost a sense of vengeance. They want to attack all the legalism and all the dogma and all the religious oppression that is legitimate. There are legitimate stories of those things, and when we act like those aren't real, we are tone deaf and incorrect. Historically, there just is. And there are all kinds of components to that. There are political components, there are racial components, there are gender components, there are uh, uh, biblical truths to be re-evaluated, all right? And I, personally, have not changed all that much in what I believe. I've just narrowed it down to what really matters to me. And I have a lot more areas of my faith where I say, I think, but I'm not sure. And a lot more areas of my faith where I say, I'm still learning. And yet, in my belief about the Lord Jesus and about the triune God and about the church, uh, the global church, I haven't changed all that much. I believe most of those same things I've always believed. And if you dug in deep to some of those secondary issues, you might have a hard time pinpointing me on any one side of those issues because I don't really care about a lot of that stuff. So all that to say, I, I just I just wanted to clarify that for those who are out there struggling, hearing this word, hearing this, hearing lots of phrases and lots of deconstruction talk. I just want us to step back and say, there is some value in it 
but we need to be careful as we do it. And we need to love each other through it because we need each other. This isn't going to be solved because we read all the right books. This is going to be a journey that we walk through as a church together. So if you have people in, in your life that are deconstructing, love them, have grace for them, speak truth to them, listen to them. And if you yourself are deconstructing, have grace for those who don't get it. And don't be mad at people for having faith in things that you no longer have faith in or having affection for things you no longer have affection for. We're all working through this. We all have different reasons why we are where we are. And it's very important for us to step back from our own preferences and experiences and say, how do I love my neighbor as much as I love myself? How do I consider others more important than myself? How do I be quick to listen, slow to speak, and certainly slow to get angry? This stuff is vital. And that's not really what the song's about, so now I'm just kind of ranting and preaching, and I apologize. But I wanted to make sure that I spoke to this. Wherever this road may lead Through trouble and suffering I know that you walk with me So I keep walking I keep walking wherever this road may lead Trouble and suffering I know that you walk with me So I keep walking, I keep walking I was made to walk in the valley I was built to stand in the storm There's a peace deep inside me I turned 50 a couple of months ago And honestly, it's just painful to even say that If you'd asked me 20 years ago what I'd be doing at 50, I'm pretty sure I would have said I wouldn't be doing this anymore. At least not this singer, songwriter, artist thing. But here's something weird. I actually feel better at it now than I've ever been. And that's possibly just my deluded sense of self, right? But this last record, Unfinished, uh, has actually been one of my most successful and well-received of all my records in my whole career. And I do feel like it's getting a little easier to write the kinds of songs that I want to write as I, you know, get better at this. And I do feel more comfortable now in my own like creative skin than I've ever felt. And I feel less insecure about my flaws and my deficits, at least, at least my career ones. My life's a different story. But I feel like I'm kind of starting to sort of finally get it right. You know, get my music right at least more right than ever and this sort of speaks to some of what i love about following jesus because my career like this song has had lots of drafts right and my life like the creative process involves some necessary mistakes there's boring melodies and mediocre lyrics lots of demos and remixes lots of scraps of paper in the garbage can and on the floor around my desk because a creator God, a creative God, is writing the best song he can with my life. For all my days, he's making something beautiful and artistic and compelling. But it's not, you know, a smooth, risk-free process. It's gnarly and raw and unrefined on its way to being shiny and, you know, ready for the radio. I know this metaphor is all over the map, sorry. But here's the point. I'm sympathetic to the person who's deconstructing because the only way to find out if something is really solid is to see if it can take a hit. You want to know if something is waterproof? Put it underwater for a minute. See if it still works. The house that can't stand after a storm wasn't built all that well. And if my faith is in something indestructible, then no amount of deconstruction will kill it. 
I was made to walk in valleys. I was built to keep standing through storms. I don't like wandering dark, shadowy places. I don't enjoy or look forward to being beaten and pummeled by rain and wind. But it's going to happen. It is happening. It has happened. And when it does, I know that the spirit that brought Jesus out of the grave is in me. And when my faith survives all those things, and so far it has, and by God's grace, I hope it continues to, when my faith survives that, I'll be a song. I know it's corny, but just go with it, right? My life is revealed to be a song, a well-written fourth or fifth or maybe 20th draft, re-recorded and remixed a bunch of times, but it's a song. And that song speaks of brokenness and beauty, protest and praise, and the continuing grace and mercy of God. And I want to see that process to the end so that the world can see and hear and experience that song and know that the writer of that song makes beautiful things out of broken, common things like me and like you. May it be so. In Jesus' name. I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm. There's a beast deep inside me that cannot last anymore. I face the dark and the danger. You can't scare me anymore. So I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm. So I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm